so much for being here. Um, so I guess I'll just get started. Um, and I always like I'm I feel fine and then the minute I announce that I'll get started I get like really nervous but great welcome to another episode um so I'm joined by Adrian hey <laughs> um and we have a really exciting guest today uh Natalie um she was at my well actually both of you were at my wedding so very special times um yep. and she's also in the UK which is also very exciting yep. um Adrian's in Canada so we're doing this via video call um so yeah I mean I could Go on. I, I mean, we have many stories to like share about um, all of our experiences. But yeah, Natalie, I met you in Korea, and that's where Adrian also met you when she was visiting me. Mm-hmm. Um, you have been an educator. You studied music. Wait, music, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, you're a fantastic singer. I mean, Thank the rap you. list goes on. But um, we'll just dive in. So, because I don't want to give anything away. So. Um, since we're talking about beauty and love, I guess, like, let's just start us uh, off with telling us about your childhood and where you grew up. Um, Okay, so I'm originally from New York. Um, I'm from the Bronx, and, like, my parents met in uh, northern Manhattan. My mom was raised there. Um, They lived on the same block, (laughs) my parents. Yeah, like, right around the corner, and you know, the whole family's there. Um, when I was eight or nine, we moved down south for dad, uh, for his job. And that kind of shook everything up, being um, the only people in our family to move so far away. Um, we moved down south to a suburb of Atlanta in 96. And yeah, we're still there. <laughs> My parents and siblings, all everyone is still there. Um, I hated it when I was younger. I really honestly think that it was just, you know, a childhood. This isn't what I'm used to. Where are my cousins? I want to go home type of thing. Um, it did grow on me. I stayed for college. And, you know, every time with traveling, I would come home and be home, you know? So it was, it, it did grow on me, the South. It um, was different. It really was. And being just so far away from family was was hard to get used to. You kind of had to make your own family, you know? Yeah. Um, but I, I missed the North. I really did. I miss the city, city life. So like now everywhere I go, I'm kind of like, okay, what's the population size everywhere I'm moving <laughs> to, you know? Like, uh, just how small is it? But uh, but yeah, I mean, I I I grew to love it, and um, you know, Georgia just did some big things for the country, so I'm very you proud right now. No, <laughs> oh my goodness, I'm so proud. I I did not with the election, like everything was just I was not too sure. <laughs> Um, I was hoping no, and praying, no you know, but I mean, but yeah, like who knew, right? So I, mm-hmm. oh, what a day, what a day I spent just <laughs> yeah. anxious, anxious. Um, so yeah, so growing up in the South, you know, eventually I, I grew to love it and, and I'm quite, you know, happy to call it home now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just before we get started, I actually think the sound might be you now. <laughs> 
Is it me? Should I put my hair up? Get it out of the way. I don't know. I just hear static, but you know why? It's fine. I mean, we're all at home. I'll try like, not to move too much. That'll be hard. Well, it is hard because if we were recording this in person, um, we'd see each other's facial expressions more vividly. We would move and it'd be fine. But now mm. we're all at home. So we're kind of like knocking things about. It's fine. <laughs> yes. we'll deal with it. Um, but yeah, I'm sorry to be so like nitpicky, but. Um, no, I mean, that's what this whole thing is. Audio. Like, <laughs> you should be. Oh, um, right, you're a singer. So you, sh- you, should, you should know. Um <laughs> yeah right I mean first off like yes just to emphasize that again Georgia just yes I know <laughs> like, every, oh. oh my god like just so many feels on that one but yeah I I didn't know that I mean I knew you had relatives in New York but um I I forgot that like you your family your immediate family like moved down to Georgia so that must have been like because like each state in the U.S. is its own culture almost. For sure. For sure. That was hard. That was the hardest on on my little sister. We actually did send her like back for a month with a cousin. Really? And she was young. She was she was like four. But wow, she had a hard time. Yeah. And like we had a cousin that lived two blocks away. So we were with them all the time. They were best friends. And oh, that was really difficult for her. So we did end up sending her back. Um to just you know feel better about it later um but and she did like it it worked out just fine but that was that was tough and those first few years was where I really got used to traveling for long periods of time because we would instead of you know airfare for a family of six we just drive in our minivan and oh boy (laughs) um well now we can do it in like 14 hours because everyone's a licensed driver and addicted to caffeine so it's fine but back then you know those first few years were at least well what the first mm, I don't know if it was the first year or two my mom didn't have a valid driver's license she's from New York City she had a permit my dad drove and it's like all right here's my my permit like she's learning but she had to get a license because you know, public transport wasn't really a thing oh. out in the suburbs. And so she had yeah. to learn to drive. Um, so, uh, you know, those first few road trips, it was just dad. Um, if it was in the winter and there was severe weather, we'd have to stop and spend the night somewhere. You have like a two-year-old and a five-year-old and then me and my brother, like 10 and annoyed with everything. Like, you just got to stop. <laughs> you yeah. got to stop. Yeah. Spend the night at a motel before you keep going um so those oh gosh those days that was quite yeah (laughs) I don't know how my parents did it I really don't like even now we're all adults and just you know put our headphones on if you don't want to talk to anybody but uh, as children I don't know how they did it they must have really really missed home you know (laughs) and just couldn't wait yeah I couldn't wait to get to the family and and spend the holidays with them or whatever we started off doing that I think it was once a year, usually for Christmas, maybe a summer vacation here and there. Um, and as we got older and we could, we could help with the driving. Mm. Yeah. We got it down. <laughs> we got it down. It was best to go at night. My dad would just, whew, he, I, how his speed would, would wake me up. 
like in the middle of the night and I'm just like oh my god we're flying we are flying it's just oh dad's going 90 it's fine oh my gosh did you, you know? used to read in the car because like I remember I always used to do that on long road trips oh, yeah. yes. <laughs> yes and I'm my husband gets um motion sickness with stuff like that mm-hmm. and like he's, he's he's very particular about what kind of vehicle he can read in and what kind of yeah. text as well because mm-hmm. a text message on a bus in Korea not easy for <laughs> him to read <laughs> yeah. not easy for a lot of us to be honest <laughs> not yeah. just standing on the bus in Korea but like his kindle you know on on a bus maybe that would be better or if he's like riding shotgun and has his kindle it's easier um but me no i would i would read anywhere mm. and that was that was that got us through <laughs> <laughs> it really did. We would we would bring along like goosebumps and babysitters club books and stuff and just go through them. Oh, goosebumps! Yes. Yeah. <laughs> good times. I, good times. I mean, like I just you, you know like trips are long when like you pass out. You know, this is when you're young, and then you wake up. You're still not there yet. <laughs> I mean, fourteen hours. Like, because the longest I've done is like five hours. I I can't even imagine that. But five hours. Oh my um, god! No. Wow, only five hours. I know, right? But but actually, only five hours in comparison to that, man. Um, I'll pass it over to to Adrian next. <laughs> yeah. So I'm um, getting back to beauty and love, which is supposed to be the <laughs> the topic of this podcast. So what kind of messages did you kind of receive about beauty and love as you were growing up? And then we talked about, you know, reading some books as well. So what kind of role models did you have? Like, were they related to books? Was it something else or like? Um, Yeah, you know, I my my favorite book as a kid was actually not not a, a romantic love story but Mm. one between brother and sister and Mm. father and son. And it was searching for David's heart. And I don't know Mm. if I got this at like a scholastic book fair in in elementary school. (laughs) God, I miss those. Those are so much fun. It's kind of nice. It's like all the American culture stuff. I know. I know. Yes. Yes. Don't get it. (laughs) Um, I don't know why I got it or I think it was from the book fair because I I feel like I did own it um and this this girl like a preteen or maybe she was like 13 14 her her older brother passed away and they donated his heart and she went looking for the recipient of this heart she just grabbed her best friend and was like we're doing this and just you know bus rides in the middle of the night um and it had a bit of a race thing too her dad you know was a little racist and it ended up going to a a black man like it was but like they find it and he embraces him because like oh my god that's my son's heart and it was it was that really stuck with me like that book and that whole that whole message how you know this this really great like all American football, like all star, great, typical big brother um, was taken away in like an instant. And, you know, 
what that did to this little girl, to, mm-hmm. to that family, how it ended mm-hmm. up with the race stuff with their dad. It, it was mm-hmm. the, my favorite book growing mm-hmm. up. Um, and I'm, I'm very close to my brother. We were, um, we were born the same year, mm-hmm. um, but, but 10 months apart. And in New York, I started school earlier than they typically do in the South. So we started school together, like K through university. We were wow. basically, you know, That's nice. so that, yeah, it was kind of nice to always have like a friend already, you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah he's, my, he's my brother, but he's there all the time. It was pretty cool. Um, so that, that kind of sibling relationship, that kind of love really stuck with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, as far as role models and all, I, I gotta tell you, my, my parents are kind of fantastic. Like not to brag, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I've had friends be like, I don't know why my mother just doesn't leave my dad. Like, I don't, I don't get it. Like, it'd be better for both of them. Like, and like, tell me and my family, like, I want what your parents have. Like their relationship, not just to, you know, the people in their own household, but to, to the whole world. It was something, it is something that I still admire. And like, I, I still, yeah, I want that. It's like the perfect Mm -hmm balance of (laughs) bad times and good times you know because Mm -hmm. to tell yourself there are none is just you know that doesn't make any sense but yeah (laughs) you see you see these people and and how much they love each other and yeah it's like "Hmm, that guy's right there (laughs) that's what I want (laughs) that's what I want so always and you know back to like the sibling thing seeing my parents with their siblings and how us being so far apart really changed those relationships. It, it made us, it, it, it really gave us an example that even now that I'm so far away from my siblings, we're all quite close. And, you know, I've, I've made this huge life choice to move over here. Um, (laughs) We, we discuss a lot what that's going to look like when, you know, we all start, having kids and, and what, what we need to do to, to, to be closer together, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So that, that's always kind of been, yeah. I just look to look to the fam. <laughs> I really do. <laughs> They've been pretty great. I got lucky. I know. <laughs> I, I'm very lucky to have them. Yeah. I mean, that is like a different, type actually that is interesting because usually when we say beauty and love like love doesn't necessarily mean romantic but so far in our discussions um we've talked about like dating and marriage Mm -hmm. and more like the romantic notions but yeah you're right like family love is um that's like a whole topic in of itself but sometimes it's taken for granted like sometimes it's complicated it is like a huge topic and Sadie actually uh we we did a uh, episode with her like recently and she literally was like yeah my role model is my dad so it's nice to hear like another like family reference and it it it, it does sound really nice how um close you are to your family and I know that wasn't easy for you to move you know I I know what that's like no I mean I like my space so this is a lot. <laughs> like, I'm on a whole ocean between us. Like, it's, it's a lot. Yeah. yeah. 
so and Adrian, you you're away from like your sibling as well. Right? So yeah. Yeah, like um, I mean, like Nat, I also kind of well, we moved when I was quite young because I was I uh, was born in Ohio and then we moved to Massachusetts when I was in third grade. So probably around the same kind of time. And that was also yeah. really tough. So when you're talking about like it being really tough to move, like I was like, yeah, I get it. <laughs> you know? yeah. And yeah. You, you, you see it in movies and TV shows, people moving all the time. And I just, that was so foreign to me when they told us we were moving. What does that mean? Mm. Yeah. Another apartment, like Manhattan. <laughs> what? Move? Hi. I mean, obviously, we needed the space. We're a really big family, yeah. but but it just seemed strange, and I something I had only ever seen on TV or in books and stuff. And it's like, oh, we we have to do this, and life goes on, and deal. <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah and I think okay. like as a kid you kind of feel like why are my parents doing this to me you know <laughs> it feels like a kind of like like they're doing this to me you know like yeah it's ha- it like, absolutely <laughs> happens to you yes when obviously <laughs> it's like you know like the parents are just making like the best like choice for the family you know oh, and that sure. it's, it doesn't have anything to do with like you know, the children. And obviously, in most cases, they would prefer not to move, you know, and they do take that into consideration. But when you're a kid, it's like, you're doing this to to just make my life miserable, aren't you? Mm. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) The only reason, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like when you're a kid, like your world is so small. So you just like think Mm. that everything just like revolves around you. For sure. For Uh, sure. Yeah. And like now my, my sister lives in Scotland. So, you know, we're kind of all over the place, but I think oh, wow. growing up and kind of, cause um, I moved with my mom also to Canada. So, you know, like we really kind of spread out and we're on all different continents. So <laughs> it's really just like become like the new normal for us. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and I think it's, um, I know we're talking about family and all of us, like our families are all over the world, but I think mm-hmm. what's, um, what's also difficult is like, um, now like you had a long distance relationship for quite a bit god for too long yeah i mean how does how does that feel like does it feel surreal i know i know we'll touch upon this later but while we're talking about like long distance and being in different countries (laughs) like how does it feel not not to actually be like in the same country with your husband kind of (laughs) hilarious that uh, when we were testing out my headphones he's Mm -hmm. like wow we should we should do this every once in a while to kind of remind us <laughs> of how it was. <laughs> and like with terrible, you know, headphones and like this Bluetooth is not working out for 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 him, but for me, like I hear you perfectly. What do you mean you can't hear me? Like what's the deal? It's like no, take it. Just just talk to me through the phone and terrible internet connection and me walking through Costco, you know, while I'm on the phone with him and he's like. Can you focus, please? Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! So long. Like, this is actually the first time that we are living together as a married couple. Mm. When we got married in Korea, yeah, finally. Like, honestly, when we got married in Korea. It wasn't at a time where we could ask uh, for new apartments, mm. so it was like you just kind of have to you know, stay where you are. Um, so we haven't lived together. Uh, as a married couple until now and that's after I counted 
I arrived, I left 260 days after Tom left the United States. <laughs> I had like, I, cause I have a countdown for like big events and whatnot. And I just kept, you know, let it keep going. So then it'll count. Oh, it's been this many days since whatever. And the day I left was yeah, 260 days after he left, he had come to visit for about a month. Um, but it had been over a year since we left Korea together. And that, guys, like talking every day, oh my gosh, it was just so difficult. And in this day and age, it it, it was also really easy, but Mm. there's always something, you know, there's always something, um, a, a terrible internet connection or, you know, like data out in the street or the Wi-Fi went out or, you know, I'm one of four kids. I live, all of us were living at home. I was never alone and I, you know, I helped run the household. And so I was always busy and that was not at all the same life that, that my husband was leading. So it was very just opposites, just opposites. So it was, it was hard. And I'm very glad that I could just, you know, yell or not yell. You can hear everything through these walls. I could just, and, and and he's right there, you know, he's right there. I hate Tom. <laughs> um, well, I guess just for reference, I mean, well, our listeners are literally our friends, but for people who care, just like a bit of background. So um, Nat and I taught in Korea and Nat met Tom in Korea. Um, and Adrian was teaching in Taiwan and Japan and visited me and then all that. Just because we were like saying like random countries, but not that anyone cares. But if anyone was listening and confused, that was our origin story. Maybe I should have like said that more in the beginning. But anyways, yeah. And I mean, I guess like just to like and and this like brief question is um, you traveled during the time of COVID to to be with Tom, which is like, I mean, no one could have expected COVID. So no God, yeah like what what was what was that like for you well the the original plan was once we came home from korea in november of 2019 that i would you know as soon as possible apply for my visa and head on over he had some jobs lined up teaching english at um uh international schools um and he is right now getting his teaching certification here in Liverpool. So school is going to start like September. And before that, we would be um, in Wales with his parents. And then, you know, we just go with the flow. And like I plan to just get a temp job at home for a while. But because, um, yeah, yeah, I just don't like not working for too long. Mm. So I remember Thanksgiving, we had a family friend come over and I sat, I pulled out the chair next to her and I was like, Hey, I need a job. (laughs) Are you hiring? Um, I'm really good at whatever. And like, just, just hire me. I need a job. It'll be very temporary. Like you don't need to worry about, you know, long-term benefits, stuff like that. Don't worry about it. I'm on my way out. Uh, not the case. Um, so we ended up, um, putting all of that on hold once COVID hit and everything shut down. 
the place where I was supposed to get everything processed was closed. Uh, U.S. immigration was not helping with that because they were also closed. Um, and there wasn't a lot of news about when they would open. Like, mm. it was always, you know, look at your specific country's immigration services. That'll give you an idea of when we'll be open. It's like, but nobody is saying anything. <laughs> so, okay. Yeah. Um, so I like, I lost that temp job, right, right before Tom left, actually, because he was here, he was in the States, right, when everything was kicking off. And he ended up having his flight canceled, we thought he was going to be stuck there for a while. But it was only like two days later, he was able to go home. And you know, everything was was fine, which was great. Um, And then yeah, it was just stuck at home, checking Twitter and Facebook every day, (laughs) if there was news. about these visa centers you know opening up and you know it took some uh some asking on reddit that tom was like you know what let me just pose this question on reddit and stuff and people there were giving advice on how to kind of speed things up because like am i really just waiting around is 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 everyone else just waiting around like there's got to be someone else in the situation right yeah. So, but um, he, he, I was finally able to um, get fingerprinted because that was like really the last big thing to do. But I had to go out of state and like road trip, like me and my sister, my dog, <laughs> like a road trip to I think North Carolina oh. just to get fingerprinted. Yeah. It took fifteen minutes. Like, let's go to IKEA. Like, there was nothing else going on, so yeah. we had to drive pretty out of the way to get it done but anyway once that was finished sent it off to new york and just waiting around and all the while i did get a job um with the public school systems they ended up hiring me as an actual employee even though i was a sub at first and i was like y'all know i'm leaving right (laughs) they said yeah like fingers crossed but also not that you get your visa. <laughs> <laughs> At least they're honest. I know. And and they all were. They all got the same thing. Like, you know, I really want you to 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 get that visa, be with your husband. Like it's but uh, we don't want you to go. <laughs> okay, I hear you. I hear you. And I was quite happy there too, not gonna lie. It was a, it was a bit bittersweet that I had like found this thing. It was like, great, but oh my God, my visa's here. I gotta go. Like you were at a school, right? Just a Yes, I was at a school. I was at an elementary school, like driveway to parking lot from my house to the school. Six minutes. Oh, wow. (laughs) So it it was just a pretty great deal. Lovely people. Um, I enjoyed it. So, you know, that came in. I'm like, oh, my God, it's here. (laughs) Finally, like it's been. You were hustling. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like that was good. That was good. Wow. finally got it and 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 now you know we're finally together which is like in, in in a place where we can both be both work you know he has you know family that's not hours and hours away not in a different time zone which is nice um uh and yeah like the fact that I have permission to be here and to work here yeah I mean pretty great it took you to like well, because you, when did you two meet? Like, when, when did I leave? Epic? Like, was it like 2014, 15? I, I want to say 14. 
2014. What year is it? 2021. It's been like, <laughs> I know what year is it. Yeah, wait. It's been like seven years for you two no. to be like together, like officially, like in the same place. Both of you could work in everything permanently. Well, the thing is, well, the reason we, we left Korea, he left Korea like three months after we started dating. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like I was saying, he was saying the other day, you know, like we we made this commitment very early on in this relationship. Yeah, y'all did. Yeah. To decide to continue being apart like that. And, mm-hmm. you know, we didn't really know when we were going to see each other again, but we decided, okay, let's stay together, see how this works. And, um, because of that, I, we we went and taught in Spain, where we could both do so. Him as an EU citizen and me on um, an auxiliary program that they offered to Americans. We were both able to be in the same city. Like it was, it worked out wonderfully. Um, and it's why we went back to Korea for another two years because we could both be there, work there, yeah. really. Yeah. You know, he can he can move into my parents' house. I mean, it's not really ideal, but come on over but then he couldn't work and yeah. same thing with me sure i can be here for what six months without a visa yeah but i, I can't so. work and eh, it, it's mean, all nice to thank you you're fine doing nothing at home it gets to you, <laughs> gets yeah, to you you've always been quite active and i mean I, I i know we've kind of like gone on a tangent but i think um when we i mean personally like, I, I don't think there are a lot of there are, I mean, there could always be more narratives on like long distance relationships. And sure, like you might read a post or two, or there are like lots of YouTube videos on like interracial couples and yada, yada, yada. But then when you get down to it, when you're applying for your visa, it's so complicated. It's so stressful. And then in the process, you're like, is this like really worth it? No, I'm just kidding. But and then you're waiting forever. Your life is literally on Because I mean, yes. Now you got a job, which is fantastic. But then it's like, okay, well, I can't get too comfy because I have to leave. And then you get settled and yeah. it's like a whole thing. And I think it's important to talk about that. It's entertaining to hear about, but it is really like a struggle. It really <laughs> is. It really is. And and I was so insisting, you know, on that family friend. It's like, it really is just going to be a few months. Like she needed something specific done. And I was like, I could do that. And she's like, okay, you'll just focus on this. And when you're done, you're done. You know, hopefully it'll be before your visa comes in. So you could just be done and then go and everything works out fine. Oh my goodness. Like, no, that wasn't the case. (laughs) And then it was a lot of, well, during the summer, it's like, well, do I, what do I do? Do I Mm -hmm. try and find an actual job? Something kind of long-term because that's what people are hiring for you know or do I just you know I don't know Starbucks hiring like everybody and their mother wants to uh, to get out of the house coffee shops whew, like I felt like that was the number one spot to visit yeah. out in the suburbs like drive to a Starbucks <laughs> drive through but like I I got lucky I'm very lucky that that my family my mom and my brother have been public school employees for so long that I really every time I was home from teaching somewhere I would just go work at one of their schools Mm -hmm. 
and help out during the summer and get them ready for, you know, the beginning of the school year. And because schools don't actually ever close. So there's always work to be done. And, you know, I was there. So like, let's do this. And I got really good at it. And then to by chance, I went and um, visited an old um, assistant principal from when I was working at my brother's school. She got her own school and she had always said, if I get my own school, you're coming with me. You're going to be my (laughs) administrative assistant. And I was like, great. And I remember my mom calling me in Korea telling me, hey, Adrian got her school. You need to come back. I was like, um, okay, uh, great, but I can't really do that. And then by chance, we run into each other and they're looking for a substitute. And I'm like, oh, I'm looking for a job because I don't know when this visa stuff is happening. And that, that was a really good fit, a really good fit. And I was, you know, quite comfortable there. And they were the ones who then hired me um, as a permanent employee. Even wow. I got my... I took yearbook photos, which my mom sent me the other day. Oh my God, it's so bad. Oh my God. You're not there. Oh no. It was hilarious. Um, But no, I'm not keeping those pictures. They're really bad. Oh, God. Yearbook photos are, though. Yeah, it's always like that. (laughs) No, my brother brother had a good one this year. My mom's sometimes like, Mom, did you remember it was picture day? Can I just ask? Oh, sorry, Adrian, were you going to say something? No. (laughs) Okay, sorry, this is so tangential, but because like we're talking about things American, do you two remember? When you took photo days, you could pick the background and, and someone yeah. always got the stupid, like, what is it? The, the lasers? Yeah, the lasers. No. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Like, why would you choose that one? Did you guys choose that one? I never I don't really remember, did. to be honest. Uh, I don't, <laughs> I don't think so. Well, no, I don't. I remember, like, you would choose the background, but, like, you choose just, like, between, like, three different colors. Oh, Yeah. And it's like blue and like ones, gray or something. Ones, yes. <laughs> but the elementary school ones, I, I may have had lasers in one of those. <gasps> nah. Hey, I, I didn't choose them as a seven-year-old. Your parents probably thought it was cool. <laughs> probably. And, and it's so funny you would mention those because I think I may have put them put one of the laser ones aside for when Tom came to visit last year <laughs> I was kind of cleaning out my room I'm like okay I'm like leaving for real this time I really gotta <laughs> get stuff out of here yeah right I found so many school photos I was like <laughs> this is embarrassing but I'm gonna save it for when he arrives and then we're trashing them <laughs> I didn't Did show you take him. any of them? No, I didn't. I totally forgot to show him when he was there. He oh, was there God. for like a month. And I totally forgot to show him. And, and like, honestly forgot. I've shown him some really embarrassing childhood photos. Like, it wasn't like, oh, no, I forgot to show you. <laughs> I really did forget. But, oh, God, some of those are just classic. Yeah, you got to oh. show him the laser ones. That, that's love. I'm going to have more. Like, yeah, I'm going to see. Make sure. See if we have any left. <laughs> our like non-American friends are so confused right now. Like, do they have that background in the UK? Like, no, no, they don't. Me and Peter talked about it. He was like, "Wow, that's ridiculous." And they're like twenty dollars for a background. It's like, 
why are you charging this for about anyways sorry we've just gone wildly <laughs> pop because of me um <laughs> but, but what are the backgrounds are like for the yeah for the wait. ones are they just like white or yeah it's just or standard blue or well what is standard is standard just, like the just blue like one? one color <laughs> boring depends on the because they bit. have like private and public they're not called that but they are private and public and i asked right. like my private school friends and they seem to have like slightly nicer backgrounds like the colors looked more like math and pastelli whereas like some mm-hmm. of the yearbook ones they were just white it's like okay you couldn't have just added a splash of color in there like this is a yearbook photo. A single laser? <laughs> just one laser, please. Oh, man. Oh, my God. We're just trashing this whole background thing. Um, I think I'm just going to hand it over to Adrian because I'm just Okay, like, moving oh, back to what we're supposed to be talking about. Sure. Um, so since you've been living in so many different cultures throughout your life, you know, we talked about the U.S., the U.K., South Korea, Spain. Um, so how have these different cultures changed your perceptions of beauty? And are there any lasting changes in your perceptions of beauty because of these different cultural perspectives? Or has it been pretty, like, much the same? I think as as an adult, I think... When I started traveling and all, um, I was a bit set in my ways already and like what I what I thought, you know, real beauty was. And Asia especially kind of smacked me in the face with that. Okay, cool. Like, all right. Um, that that was a surprise. That was just a surprise to me. And how all of a sudden, like because I had curly hair, naturally curly hair. Like I would have to like tell my kids, they would always ask me if I had a perm. And I was like, no, like this is just water. Water on the head. This is what happens. You know? Water on the head. <laughs> <laughs> and like they, they thought that was really foreign. And just like you're lying. It's like, no, I swear. <laughs> and and sometimes yeah. I would straighten it and they're like that would confuse them even more. And you told me <laughs> that your hair was naturally curly. What is this? Like, yes, but, you know, this and that. And so it, it would actually lead to discussions in classes with middle school boys and girls. Oh, okay. You know, so that would be kind of, that was kind of cool. Um, but it, it just, it seems, I don't know, I, I expected to stand out, obviously, as a foreigner already in Korea. I think the fact that my hair, um, after after the first few years in Korea, I stopped straightening it so much and would just wear it as is. And that became a new topic of conversation with co-teachers, with, um, with my students and all. And I would talk to, especially my girls, about, you know, things they would do with their hair. Specifically the hair, because that was like the easiest thing to talk about. Um, and they would they would then like show me photos and be like this um, person is, is is beautiful and this person isn't or you know like this is the it girl like I want to look like that I was like but what about Natalie teacher like <laughs> I don't look like that is, is Natalie teacher not beautiful like what? <laughs> and I would ask her and stuff and they'd be like no teacher no and but then they would 
then they would all of a sudden, you know, they would start putting themselves down and then we'd just keep talking more about like what is happening. And I think that again, as uh, because I was older already and kind of have this, this idea and this sense of myself that, that I don't have to do certain things to, to feel beautiful um, or to tell the world that, Hey, I think, at least I think I am, you know, then, then that was, that was easier for me um, just being out in the world like that, especially teaching younger, younger girls, especially. Mm -hmm. um, Cause that, that was always a thing, especially in, in middle school. That's, that's who uh, I was teaching middle school uh, girls both times that I was over there. So it was always a, a thing, the beauty, um, having access to certain makeup over there was also kind of a thing. Um, I'm not, I'm a pretty fair skinned, um, Latina and, and even I couldn't find foundation over there and like the regular drugstore beauty, I, it was Maybelline, but I still could not find something to match. And then things like the, the stickers for the, um, eyelids, my, I would, walk into class and my students were just poking their eyes and I'm oh, like, what? Oh, yeah. and I would, I would get in there and I was like, what's, what's happening? <laughs> get up real close to their face. Like, tell me everything. What is going on? <laughs> um, so I learned quite a lot from my students, you know, and hopefully I, you know, they learned something other than how to say what's up in English from me <laughs> <laughs> and what the appropriate response to that is. Um, <laughs> But, but that, that was, that was, I think, um, the most in your face kind of, uh, like assertion of what beauty is and who in this world and is beautiful and what is beautiful. I found that again, just hit me over the head with it in Asia for sure. Mm -hmm. In Spain, it was different. Um, I still didn't look so much like my Spanish students, but um, I think I, I was, it was just more similar. So they didn't, you know, they didn't ask as many questions as like my students, they were also older high school and older in Spain. So they didn't ask too many questions about my hair. Um, they just kind of accepted it. They were more naturally curly haired people there. So of course it wasn't that big of a deal. Um, but, you know, I, I have this this uh, multicultural background to begin with that it's it's I feel like it's easier for me to go to different places and be like, okay, cool, everyone's different and that's the norm. Mm -hmm. um, so it, it was just I don't know it, it was what's the word? It was very different in like when I was a teenager down mm -hmm. in the south and even like, younger when there weren't a lot of, of you know Latinos there yeah. and now oh my gosh there's any and everyone in that county I grew up in but when we got there it was kind of like hmm, okay I am not like everyone else in my <laughs> class <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Whereas, you know in the Bronx is different and everyone no one's like anyone in their class in the Bronx <laughs> everybody's different there um, mm -hmm. But it was, it was, you know, I feel like 
now because I was older and an adult, it was it wasn't so much that I that I um, wanted to like change things. Whereas when I was maybe a teenager, like, yeah, if I would see this, like, oh, I need to be more like that. Uh, that is what is beautiful. And, and that's real beauty and all. But now, not so much. And I, I really hope that I, like, you know, with my students, that that was something that did come across. Because, mm-hmm. um, I mean, the mind of a teenage girl, oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we've been there. <laughs> exactly. Like I wouldn't want to be a teenager again for anything in this world. <laughs> oh, I know. Rough times for yeah. many reasons. Yeah. Well, uh, do you guys want to explain the the eye stickers just to anybody that doesn't know what they are? Mm, yeah. So uh double double eyelids mm-hmm. were con- are considered were considered, I'm not sure, to be more beautiful, I guess, instead of the monolid in Asia. So you could buy, like, you could buy fake eyelashes at the drugstore. You could buy um, a really thin sticker to push onto your, is it the lash line? Like, the lo- uh, the upper I lash line? I actually don't know how they work. Like, I've seen them in, like, the, the like, the drugstore and stuff, but I've never seen anyone actually using them. So, oh, I th- but I think it is the lash First time line. I saw that. Uh, yeah, it's, I um, really didn't know what my girls were doing. I was like, guys, what happening? Yeah, it was a, a surprise, and I mean, it wasn't even just them. It was other like Asian American teachers that even would do it. That oh, I really? yeah, wow. and it's like, oh, Wait, okay. Asian American. Yeah, we like our expat friends. Yeah, she eventually just <laughs> no. Wait. Did she All get right. the surgery after or before? She got surgery to give oh. herself the double oh. eyelid. Yeah. And um, so I was just surprised. I didn't know that like right off the bat or, or like that that was even an option. <laughs> you could mm-hmm. get that surgically done. But it gives the illusion of you having the double eyelid instead of one monolid, which is then, you know, because it just sticks to it sticks. The skin sticks to the skin. I don't know. After I studied abroad in Japan, I told one of my friends that I had gotten the eyelid surgery when I was away. And they were like, oh, you did? And I was like, no, my eyes have always looked like this. <laughs> like, it's always been the same. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. It was kind of funny that they actually believed me. <laughs> well, if you remember, so Adrian and I, because we've been part of like the group recording, which I think you're joining us um, later yeah. on now. But sorry, the reason why I got at this book is because I had to look it up. But so David Ralph Millard was an American surgeon who treated um, like casualties during World War II in Korea. And he basically introduced a double eyelid surgery to Korean prostitutes to make them quote unquote more beautiful and sexually attractive so no yeah it's, it's not so white guy started this freaking trend and and that's why it's wild to me that like I, I knew a lot of korean and even i heard like chinese or like east asian um mm-hmm. girls did it a lot um but then when you just told me like asian americans did it so i'm like i can't believe this white guy has touched us in like all sorts of like groups and levels so it it does like infuriate me that um he got to decide what's considered beautiful and it's kind of like this everlasting thing wow. it really bothers me but anyway sorry 
That's incredible. Nuts, right? But I mean, I, I can't imagine like when you were just chilling in the classroom about to teach a lesson, you see these girls poking their eyes all for the yes. name. Isn't it all girls middle school too? It's like, girls, what uh, are you doing? <laughs> well, actually, no. The, my first middle school, um, it was co-ed, but none of the classes were. Oh. Like they, they had like separate hallways and even they they had like a rope dividing the lunchroom as well. Wow. <laughs> like, oh my goodness. That's intense like during break time and at camp <laughs> because we couldn't do that. I don't know. And you know how hard it was to get them to talk to each other at English oh, camp? Because yeah. they would just segregate themselves when they walked it's in. Like, like, I was so nervous. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it was hilarious. Oh. My second oh, school, no, they had boys and girls in the classes all together, which made it easier for me because then they were already comfortable, you know, yeah, being yeah, around yeah. each other. So that's the difference. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess just to like add on to that, so we've already discussed um what brought you to the UK. Um, your husband, if people weren't paying attention. Yes. <laughs> but, so I guess like how, how do you think your perceptions will change? So um, we've talked about how here, um, it's basically whites versus BAME, um, black, Asian and minority ethnic and gypsy mm-hmm. and other travelers and Jewish people are considered to be in the minority ethnic group as well. So we're kind of trapped oh, into okay. one. Um, yeah, it's pretty wild. And I, I mean, there aren't a lot of British Latinas, at least in the um, current popular media that mm. I have seen. Um, I mean, it's it, and I think like if you do encounter Spanish, usually like Spain Spanish people, it's very like different, I guess, from your immediate cultural background. So, wh- how do you think your perceptions will change? I don't know. I, I I was thinking about that before, like just when we were making plans to to make our life here. Um, just cause, you know, I'm, I, I have this household culture of, um, you know, Dominican family. Um, but you step outside and then you have to kind of navigate American culture with that. And so I feel, and like my, my dad was not raised in the United States, but my mom was. So like different things going on at home anyway, just because my mom was raised much more American than my dad was. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, these first generation kids going up another way. And so I'm coming over here where, again, I might encounter Spanish speakers, but they're going to be, they're probably going to be Spanish, Spanish. Yeah. And living in Spain was, was you know, it was quite a change from living in Asia because I could communicate with people uh, just better already knowing the language. Um, but it's, it's not exactly the same as, as, you know, Latinos back, especially Latinos in the United States. I feel like there's always something to like, <laughs> that like classifies each of these little groups, you know, it's not yeah. just Spanish, but it's that, um, I'm a Caribbean Latina and then that's <laughs> yeah. different from South American or Mexican Latina and then right. you know a first generation American and then but where <laughs> oh well I was raised in the south so there's always these little things um, and so I feel like I, I, I kind of prepared myself to come here and and not find that um, and not really see myself but 
at the same time you think about it and you know Latinidad like being Latino and all isn't really one thing so I feel like like you can see people who look like me representing Latinas you know in the media that when I was younger I used to watch the credits of different movies or like tv shows and just see who had a spanish sounding last name <laughs> yes <laughs> so I could be like, oh my gosh they're like me right <laughs> and, um there was a magazine called latina magazine that came out in like the late 90s and when i discovered this and i started a subscription i was like oh my gosh um, and i remember there was one cover that Shakira was on it and she insisted that she did her own hair and her own makeup for this cover. And I was like, hell yeah, girl. Her hair was like naturally curly. Her makeup was simple. She was beautiful. It's like, yes, let's see that. Let's Mm -hmm. see that. And And that really stuck with me as a kid. And, but like now, you know, you see more and more, um, uh, Latinas and in, in the media and all, but I mean, but it's not hard to find a light skinned anybody. Like anybody could be Latina, but so it's not yeah. really that hard yeah. to find someone who looks like me um, out there. But I really, I I still feel like I'm I'm searching for something, and I don't I don't really know what that's about to be honest. But I still kind of feel like I'm I'm still looking. And here, you know, my husband since I got here, well, since I got out of my quarantine, he's been like, so do you like it here? Like, what do you think? <laughs> Dude, I have no idea. All I know is the park. That's it. That's all we go. That's all the only thing we do is go for walks in the park because that's all we can do. And, and right. I haven't started looking for a job yet. I kind of yeah. just want to adjust for a bit. But not being able to go out and experience the neighborhood and talk to people like a normal human like I I don't know I don't know what is really out there yet mm-hmm. you know what I mean yeah. and I'm not sure I feel like once I, once I get a job and I'm around people from here and I, I start meeting other people and getting a sense of of community if I find one like then I'll be able to better express like yeah I like it or hey like look at all of this that I found or all these people like just like me not like me but but whatever everyone's great you know like I I don't Mm. know really what to expect out there just yet Mm -hmm. yeah and I think it'll be interesting to talk back with you maybe in like a few months to see like um how how you've you've adjusted but I will say I think um if you are a person of color here and you're American people well I think like white majority white British people kind of accept you as American because it's it's just easier to navigate so it is in a sense like an advantage um but yeah I don't know that's so it's on like myriad of of potential issues and advantages I don't know but it'll be interesting to check back in yeah, no, you're right you're right and yeah and like Tom had, had spoken about it before he was um you know he before I came is like you know do you have any like concerns about that and like I go well, I, I don't I don't know <laughs> like, I have no <laughs> I don't idea. <laughs> exactly. 
because as, as an American with this accent, with this skin color, I'll be fine. Like, let's be real. I'll be fine. But I don't know. I think he, he was a little worried, you know, just of how I feel here. Um, mm. I'm very concerned about my hair. It's not cooperating. It's very new with this weather. I'm like, I need to things. And oh, I got the Amazon stuff. Oh, my goodness. Because I got to get used to all this, right? It's just. Wait, how is it? What, what do you mean? Like, I mean, well, I guess for listeners, like the weather is very temperamental. That is a very real thing. But like, like, does that, like, how does that change? Like how you have to maintain your hair? Oh well, man! I, <laughs> just to explain, just for like our listeners oh, who don't man. really know, well, <laughs> blessed summer child. Yes, <laughs> no, 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 I'm saying just specifically like you moving from the U.S. to the U.K. Like, what have you well, found so far? Already, like, since I decided to to just not straighten it at all, and it's just been curly, and I'm learning how to do everything. You know, take care of it how it is. I plan my life around my wash days. Okay. <laughs> I can't yeah. do something on that day because no, I have to wash my hair. And, like that's like a thing. Okay. <laughs> you know how back in like the early nineties, oh you, you know, like a guy would ask a girl for a date on a TV show or movie. She's like, oh sorry, I'm my hair. That's real for me, okay? Like that's real. The other day, the last time I washed it, we went for a walk and it was like snowing. I was like, my hair is frozen now. It snowed here, yeah. And I don't have, I need the, I don't have the right attachment to my hair dryer to dry my hair yet. And I ordered it, but I I, I had one and I didn't pack it. So my fault. Oh no. Yeah, my fault. So I can't even, I can't dry it like just, you know, with a dryer like that. It needs a special attachment so the curls don't, you know, go crazy. So it takes like a day and a half to actually dry. And then I sleep on a silk pillowcase or satin pillowcase and I wrap my hair every day. But if I'm going out and it's, you know, minus two, <laughs> it starts rain <laughs> I, I can't because I, ha- I I need a hood I need a hat my hair my head is cold but my curl like I need the proper headwear for my curls that'll also keep me warm I just stay home I just stay inside like, <laughs> we have to stay at home right now <laughs> this is true this is true my husband loves the outdoors and likes going for walks so it's kind of like I, I really do have this internal struggle like do I put on sweatpants today because I'm not going anywhere? Or <laughs> and maybe? Like it, it's a thing. And and it was a it's, to be fair to this country and its weather, it was a thing everywhere else. But like that's the but honestly, like the whole ingredients and in certain products and, and is it humid outside? It's a thing. Like, no, this is not the right stuff for summer. Or this is not the right stuff for winter. You need this to have less of this. And oh, God. Yeah, even like the minerals in the water like affect my yeah. hair differently. And it changed my life. Like, I don't know why. Who, no one told me about it the first time I went. Wait, was it was it better? Wh- okay, for both of you, where was your hair like the best in? Like what country or region or wherever? In the U.S. I've had really great hair days. In, in Georgia, like I think really when I was Georgia. in South Korea, actually, 
<laughs> wait, 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 I used soul? like all those like hair packs on my hair. Oh, yeah. It made my hair so nice. And now I'm like, oh, I really want those hair packs again. Like, you can get I it really on your style. Get... Oh, yeah, actually, yeah. I should. I keep thinking like I want to buy Nature Republic stuff. <laughs> yes, because yes, I like the argument. Like Innisfree. I'm like Innisfree. I yes. <laughs> I know. I mean, yeah. I mean, like weirdly, when I was in um, Argentina, I had like the best hair of my life. Like the human, it was human, but it was just perfect. Never again since that. But <laughs> you about moving back to Argentina? <laughs> just for the hair. Just for the hair. <laughs> I don't know. It, it is funny. It is something that's like not really talked about, but you kind of learn on your own, don't you? Like, wait, my hair is different. Why? Oh, like the water, like a pH of the water is different. And, you know, it was. Yeah. yeah. And I hadn't really, I mean, not until I left the US did I really think that that was a thing. Mm-hmm. I, everything was fine over there. But the first time, because I went with two friends the first time to Korea, and all three of us started losing our hair a bit more than what? We, were, we were like mm. used to. The this water chunked you? Yes, we, the three of us were like, thumbs up, because the three of us were like, just, just like normal, like when you're like detangling, but it was a little more than usual. And I'm like, okay. And then the second time when I went, somebody suggested I get a filter and oh my God, problem solved. It was great. Hmm. I didn't even know. See, these are practical things that like, I feel like people should talk about more because I, I, I don't know. I, I didn't even know that. Um, Speaking of water, like <laughs> the water in Japan doesn't have fluoride in it or something. So what? for some reason, like when you brush your teeth, like and the toothpaste is really awful in Japan, too. So mm. it's like really hard to like brush your teeth and feel satisfied afterwards. <laughs> and, like, and So a lot of people will ask for you to like bring toothpaste, uh, toothpaste back from the States. And it actually is so much better. So I don't know. That's like one little like Japan water fact, I guess. I didn't know that. Is, I, had a memory. I had a Facebook memory of Christmas 2013, maybe. And I had like six packs of Crest underneath my tree. Because that's what my mom sent me. I was like, God bless you, woman. Because <laughs> I like to know that I just brushed my teeth when I brush my teeth. Like if I, if I, if I have any doubts, that toothpaste was not good enough. And like, I'm an adult, I should know when I brush my teeth, but still, I like, I really need to feel it. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, she sent me like six tubes of toothpaste that year. <laughs> it was the best. It's all the little things. Yeah. And that minty fresh feeling. Um, <laughs> okay, um, so yeah. we get back to the questions. <laughs> yeah. So I think we already talked about this a little bit, but. Um, yeah, true that. What do you think needs to change in terms of representation? Hmm. I mean, well, I think, it, it is a hard one. <laughs> yeah. I, I think, uh, again, like I was saying, you know, it's not the hardest to find someone who looks like me. Um, mm. I think it may be more difficult to find someone with like my background. But other than that, mm. like you can find a light skinned, dark haired Latina who's, you know, out there. You You can see that. I think for um for other people though it's Mm. kind of ridiculous and again like you know for me to to read the credits and stuff looking for someone who might be um latin and to have seen you know latina magazine in like a doctor's office or something and be like oh my god i have to have this Mm. um 
is is it's so much it's so much bigger for so many other people that like I don't want that to be a thing for anybody. I don't want it like what is this when they pass by a newsstand and buy like eight copies of the same magazine because for once they see themselves reflected yeah, yeah. on the cover of the magazine. Like that's insane. And for you know, for me to have that experience as a teenager, okay, fine. I'm 33 now. I don't want anybody to have that experience that first time. I don't think mm-hmm. we've come so far um uh, no more firsts you know what I mean like I that's what I I I don't know really who whose responsibility it is to make that happen to tell us like hey this is how to do this and because Mm -hmm. there's no shortage of extraordinary people who are not you know a white light eyes you know blonde whatever there, there's no shortage of that why don't we know these these people though and that that's the thing like I I know things things can be better absolutely and I but I, I'm not sure how to make that happen like me how does Natalie make that happen you know how do I help to make that happen I'm not sure well I but think you've already helped a lot yeah with like your students yeah, oh, well, yeah. Oh, I, I hadn't thought about that <laughs> I mean I know yeah, I mean I think but, just like yeah. you being in South Korea and talking to your students and like you know representing yourself and representing your background I think that already makes you know a huge difference yeah, yeah definitely you know so I mean you're already first off middle school is a very impressionable age and second um you know you talking to them in like a positive interactive way that already shows them number one because i think stereotypes are if you're american or british you they everyone tend like in asia right not all but generally they tend to think oh you're white if you're american or british but you have shown them actually no i'm american but i have a diverse background so you're already i think you've like opened the door and contribute to that discussion back now to like that powerpoint that introductory powerpoint i would show every year with like my family and they would always i guess my brother is like obama like no oh. <laughs> he's not even it's hard not to like say not it even that hard, but... obama no <laughs> Oh my but, goodness. Yeah, I mean, at least I know his name, right? I mean, that's something. That is just. Yeah. <laughs> and I would, I would always have them guess, and they, I mean, who knows where the Dominican Republic is? Like, but they would just be like, what? And I'd always have, I'd have a map. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I love that. Show them. And if I didn't have a map, I would do a very terrible drawing of you know the southeast peninsula and was like okay you know cuba right okay you know jamaica right? okay let's go here <laughs> and, and we don't remember that yeah that's true that's true i mean i and it's not like we we're in seoul like we were in chungju this wasn't like a big city so i actually i love that i mean they'll remember that and hey like you're we're having this conversation and like we're controlling the narrative as women of color and um we're openly talking about this so no like i you know i'm gonna stay positive we are doing something 2021 we're doing our own let's go yeah (laughs) Um, speaking of doing our own bit um like how do you practice self-care um i cry 
That's a good one for me. Let me tell you, sometimes I just need to cry. And I yeah. feel really good after. That's true. <laughs> and my roommates in college is like, crying in the shower is basically the best place to cry. And I'm like, what do you mean? Just like the you don't need tissues. And the water just yeah. blends right in. Okay. So sometimes, yes, I sometimes I'm just like, I've had enough. I just need a good cry. Mm. And we're good. Um, I've recently started upping my skincare routine, which Love I quite it. like every night. Like, even if I'm just really, really tired and Tom's already in bed and I'm like, oh, wait, I forgot. I will then clean my face and, and you know, do my whole routine, is, which is just nice. I mean, it just really is. It really is. And um, that, that's new and that's a pretty big step for me because I'm, like, super lazy. Like, <laughs> all the stuff with the hair is already, like, <laughs> my life. So, so um to add skincare which arguably is probably more important um into that is like uh but no i like it i like it i'm enjoying that very much yeah i love it i mean yeah i mean it's it's really nice to have you um well it's for me like it's nice to have a friend who I've shared like a, a broad experience with living in the same country though I can't like physically see you in person who knows when but hopefully soon so yeah. for me like it was really nice and it was nice to see like you both and thank you so much for um being on the podcast thank you for having me oh my goodness yeah, it's good to talk to you again that like it's been a while <laughs> <laughs>